This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by Indeed.com, Factor Meals, and FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. Welcome into another episode of the A-List podcast. Ashrod Blakely, Gary Washburn joining me, Kwani Lunas. We're the A-List podcast. Week one of Summer League is in the books. And if you're watching online, you can tell that that's, I think, where Gary is right now. I see the lanyard. <laughs> so what, let's just quickly react to what your real expectations, let's start with Jordan Walsh. What do you think the realistic expectations for him as a rookie are right now? And from your conversations with him so far, what have you gathered now that you've been able to be around him a little bit more? Yeah, Jordan's a really bright kid. Okay, so he reminds me a lot of Grant. Okay. Now, is that a good or bad thing? No, very <laughs> good thing. He's a real bright kid, a good talker, creative guy, t- storyteller. He's 19, but he's got just a really great spirit and disposition about himself. I think the media will love him when he gets to Boston because he's just a really, he is not your typical. You know, huh, what? No, no, no. Like, he he enjoys talking to us. He enjoys the experience. So um, as a personality, I think he's a wonderful young man. And as I said, he reminds me a lot of a young Grant. Okay. Um, uh, As a player, impressed. Uh, First of all, he's skinnier than I thought he would be. Okay. He's a frail kid. Um, He's got to build up some weight, some mask, you know. Uh, get those Sherrod shakes going, those those, those smoothies. And <laughs> the Sherrod shakes. Sherrod shakes. Um, the smoothies, the cheeseburgers. He's got a, the steaks, the mashed potatoes. He's got. I will a, help him with that, Gary. Yeah. Take him to, to all the fast food restaurants. Yeah, he needs some conditioning in terms of just his strength because he is um, six seven and probably one eighty five or something like that. Like he is, he is not. He, he needs to fill out. Um, that's the first thing I know. Second, he's comfortable shooting a three-point shot. He makes plays. He runs all over the floor. He hustles. He's a pretty good, pretty good passer. So the skill set is there. Now, whether he's going to contribute next year, I think more time, more than often than not, he'll be in the G League. He'll be in Portland. Um, but I was impressed so far. You know, it's, it, it was sort of like he was a first-round pick. Like, he played like it. He didn't play like a guy who was way over his head and and, and just wasn't sure of himself. I mean, he had four three-pointers in the opener. He struggled from the field, but still made some good passes, made some plays in the second game against Washington. So overall, I was completely impressed with Jordan Walsh. I think he's going to help this team eventually, um, but it's going to be time. I think the period between now when the summer league ends this weekend and the beginning of training camp, that two, maybe and a half months is going to be critical for him to just hit the weight room, get back, get into the Celtics program and uh, just prepare himself for uh, his rookie season. I think it's going to be a key time, but I see the potential. Well, the, the thing that, you know, I, I think we sometimes lose sight of is that he came into the college game as one of the best players in the nation. I mean, he was a top-tier recruit. And so there's a certain confidence and swagger that I think those guys have when they come into the NBA and they realize that they're competing against a lot of the kids in summer league that they were busting back in the day. 
so for him, I, I think that there's a, a a undeniable level of confidence and comfort that he has in summer league. But to me, you know, and, and Gary, you kind of alluded to it. Uh, at some point, he's going to have that welcome to the NBA moment. Uh, just like just like the number one pick got jammed on, that was his welcome to the NBA moment. Jordan Walsh is going to have that moment where he's just going to be bullyballed by someone who might be 6'2", uh, or he might get dunked on and matched up with like somebody who's 6'9", 6'10", and they just shoot right over the top of him. He's going to have those moments. And to me, it's not whether they happen. It's how does he respond to them? Uh, is he going to learn from those moments? Is he going to do like a guy like Jalen Brown did? Remember when Jalen Jalen was a skinny dude when he came into the NBA too. Uh, and guys like LeBron, they tried to bully ball him early on. And they had mixed success with that. But Jalen got stronger. He got more confidence. And he figured out how to evolve his game in order to get on the floor. Remember, Jalen was like Mr. Defense uh, when he first got in the league. That was the way that he was able to get on the floor because they had so many guys all around him who could score. As he got more comfortable with his game, with his body, with the, his potential to make an impact, he figured out what he needed to do. To, he, fitted, he figured out how to get in where he fit in. And I think Jordan Walsh, I think he's going to surprise some people this year. I think he's going to be able to contribute sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm watching him play, and um, he got some dog in him. He, he definitely has some dog in him, and he's just not a big dog yet, physically. Uh, but the he fact got some that puppy. Think, he got some puppy in him. Yeah, he, 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 you know, I'll let him out the kennel. He can come out the kennel and run around a little bit, uh, okay. bite, you know, bite some ankles. You know, he, he could do that. He could be that guy. Uh, I think he he understands that he's he just has a role to play. Uh, he's not going to be the star of the team. He's not going. I mean, I, I was listening to an interview where someone asked him about did he see Jason Tatum, and basically said, "I saw him, but he really look at me." And it's just like, yeah. So Brooke, know your role. Know your role. That's the man. And if he doesn't acknowledge me, that's okay. I'm I'm literally nobody right now. But that's not that's not about what I'm. That's not going to define me. It's not where I'm at, it's where I'm going. That is how that's what's going to determine who I am. And I think he's got the right mindset for that. I, I, I like him as a second round pick because as a second round pick, he's gonna play with a little more edge, a little more uh chip on his shoulder. And again, he was one of the top players coming out of high school, and I, I think he's gonna bring that same confidence to the game as a Celtic. That being said, another rookie, well, still not rookie, I guess sophomore, we are keeping our eyes on is J.D. Davidson. He just signed a two-year deal with the Celtics. What are your impressions from him, this being his uh, second summer league now? I'm a big J.D. fan. Um, and I'm a bi- I'm, the reason I'm a big J.D. fan is because J.D. is physically big. I mean, when you stand next to this dude, he does not look like a six. Two, six, three, guard. He's he's got a very, I think, lean muscular frame that you can see him putting on another 10, 15 pounds and be even more physically imposing. Uh, I just think he just needs to play. I think he needs to get out there. I think he needs to be comfortable playing. He needs to play free uh, and not think about rotations or starting or any of that nonsense. Just play his game. Because I do think that JD is someone that they're he is going to win the Celtics some games this year. Not a lot of games. But he's going to get on the floor and make enough of an impact where he's going to be the difference maker on a couple of nights this year, which for a second-round pick that you took as low in the draft as he he was taking, and you're getting that, I think, in the second year, I, it's a win-win. I, I, I like what J.D. – I like his upside more than anything else. Uh, it's just a matter of how soon will it take for him to reach that, 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 that potential that he's already shown he has. 
Yeah, um, I think it has. It's been it's it's been tough for JD. Like I see some potential, but he had ten turnovers and the win over Washington, loss to Washington. There's just a, some some reckless kind of play, not bad, but just trying to make the perfect pass. Some of the decision making he definitely needs to improve on. And this is his second summer league, right? This is not his first rodeo. So I'm hoping if you're a Celtic fan, I think you should hope that he see he gets better in the last three games. Like because I think he, he is not. You want him to have that command on the floor. You want him to be able to uh, run the offense, get his team and get his teammates prepared, the ball in places that they like, and then take care of the ball. And I think the take care of the ball thing has been a real concern. I mean, 10 turnovers, nine assists the other night. And, I mean, I see it, but, like, I thought maybe he would have a chance to compete for a roster spot on this year's team, and in the first two games, I just don't see that. I see more time in the G League. Um, now, who knows? He might do a 180. Uh, they, obviously, they got three more games left. He's got a chance, but I thought I would see a more mature, you know, kind of orchestrator, ball handler, uh, as opposed to some of the passes I've seen him make. Is like, that's not a good pass. Or, you know, the entry pass or the you know, uh, the pocket passes that he's trying to make, he's got to think first about, okay, do I want to do this pass? Is this going to make it make it to its target? Or is this going to be, you know, knocked away, intercepted? Um, and I just think that there's a, there tends to be a little bit of a kind of a, not out of control, but just not in total command of out being out there. And I want to see more of that from J.D. Davidson. Because remember, this is a second summer league now, and you can tell, you can start telling the difference between guys like, you know, I've looked at, you know, we looked at uh, Keegan Murray, like he didn't need to be in summer league. I've looked at Shaden Sharp from Portland Trailblazers second year. He doesn't need to be in summer league anymore. Like You can tell, like, he's better than all these guys out here. And for J.D., I don't know if I wanted to see him where he was just like the best player in the floor at all times, but I wanted to see him be like, okay, this is my second go around. I'm not a rookie anymore. I'm under control. This is what I'm going to do. And I really, I didn't see that, especially against Washington. Now he hung in there. He made some plays had that dunk. Um, you can see the athleticism, but it's sort of like, here's the thing that this is what happens is that, to me, JD's a kid who was obviously a superstar in high school, uh, you know, all state, all that at Alabama uh, in high school, goes to the University of Alabama, you know, shows flashes, but at being a point guard, but he only played one college year, right? And then now he's in the NBA, and this is the whole thing, like and the same thing with Jordan Walsh. These dudes don't even know who they are yet. They don't even know what kind of player they're going to be yet. Where you you looked at, you know, Tatum, LeBron, you know, like you look at the the big guys, you already know who they're going to be. Then there are these guys that are second round picks that really didn't establish themselves in college. 
And so now they're trying to establish their identity in the NBA. And that's hard. You know, if you're not a pure point guard, if you're not a pure center, if you're not a pure three. And JD was probably a dude in high school who was a big scorer and did everything, played one year of college ball. Then now the NBA is so, okay, JD, you're a point guard, so you need to be a point guard. And he's still trying to figure that out. So I think, you know, him signing that two-way, I think was good as a sign that they 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 still see the potential in him. But it's hard to adjust just to being an NBA point guard when you don't have enough reps in, in college ball. And, you know, you look at some of these guys, I mean, you know, they played two, three years in college. That's how you become great point guards. John Morant played two years at Murray State. Sometimes that college experience gives you a chance. So I think with J.D., you hope that he can establish that identity and find out who he is and uh, and be good at his role as opposed to being kind of just trying to do it because that's what everybody pushes him to be a point guard, yeah. you know, because at this point, that's his role. No, that makes a ton of sense. I think being on that two-way definitely will help develop and help him, like you said, find his identity. But Summer League overall right now, the Celtics are 0-2. It's just summer league. We say that every year, whether they're winning or not. But what do you make of the two losses? And I mean, again, get rid of salt because half of this, most of this roster will never probably won't see on a regular in a regular season game. But what do you just what are your what's your assessment? <laughs> I don't put much stock into winning or losses. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking more at some of the things that Gary touched on J.D. I'm just looking at, at how they're playing, how they've grown. Do they show the ability to impact the game? Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? The, the, what's his name? Scrub? The Scrub Kid? Jay Scrub, yeah. Yeah, which is a horrible name for a basketball <laughs> player. Just saying. Yeah, Always I would change, I would change but, my last name. But, but, I mean, he he's shown Flash of being someone that, again, consistency is his biggest problem. I, he can score. He just doesn't score consistently enough and doesn't do enough of those other things to really kind of cement himself, not just with the Celtics, but just any more – broader sense in the NBA. But this is an opportunity for guys to showcase what they can do beyond what we already know. Uh, you know there's not a single player on the Celtics roster or on any other roster, for that matter, that people are like, man, I wonder what that kid can do. It's more of like, can he do this better than he's done in the past? Is he excelled or improved in that area? Uh, and and that's, that's really what this is about. And so, I, again, I don't get caught up in the wins and losses. I'm looking more for what are they doing? And, you know, they've been okay, but no one has really, to me, elevated their play for the Celtics Summer League team to the point where you think, like, man, he could be, like, that dude that could play his way into the rotation. And no one has played so horrible that you're just like, my goodness. did Can he even – should he even Is be he in the enough? zip yeah. code? Forget yeah. about on the court. Should he even be in the damn zip code of a basketball court? Uh, so, again, it's, it's kind of meh. That's, that's yeah. kind of how I look at this team and how I look at Summer League in the broad sense. It's always weird talking about Summer League because it doesn't bear any weight. But you can see, like you said, the talent is what you're really looking at and how they can potentially develop. Yeah. Although I do look at certain matchups and I think about how, like, for example, uh, when you look at Houston and young young fellow Jabari Smith uh, mm-hmm. and how he looks at James Wiseman, it's just like, that dude can't guard me. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff because this is, this is a high draft pick who – is playing with a certain swagger against another high draft pick, and he's basically giving him the business. Mm-hmm. And that confidence I like to see from young players. 
but again, in the grand scheme of things, that ain't gonna win. That ain't gonna win Houston no damn games. Sure. But it it makes summer league mildly entertaining for us. And you get a chance to see Deuce. You get a Celtics fan. You get to see Deuce and 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 and, and Deuce Daddy. He the, the kid does not sleep. <laughs> he was, he's everywhere. He's more booked Every- and busy than I am. <laughs> that kid yeah. is. Everywhere. I don't make yeah like. I mean, this team just doesn't have enough dudes who can really put the ball in the basket. They got, I mean, you have Champagne. Walsh, who's, who's just trying to get his feet wet. Davidson, who's not really a scorer yet. Uh, Champagne, who had a really good second game, struggled in the first game. And then Jay Scrub, who's a guy who I think they're thinking about maybe a two-way contract. He's only 22. He came out of junior college, so... He's trying to make an improbable jump from J.C. Ball, and he's had a couple two ways with Orlando, I know, and um, the Clippers. And he's trying to, you know, and I, and I think he definitely has some potential. Like, they they see something in him. Remember, he's only 22, so he might be up for one of those two-way contracts. Um, but, yeah, they just don't have enough guys. Like, you usually – they don't have the old kid, the former, you know, NBA veteran – uh, trying to, you know, make it. They don't have guys who are really savvy. They have a bunch of young Justin Bean. They have a bunch of young kids um, that are just trying to figure things out. And in the fourth quarter of both games, they've kind of, they slipped, right, when, when it's winning time. So we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Uh, but I think we all went in knowing this wasn't going to be a very good summer league team, and then they are probably going to struggle Okay, final summer league note. Isaiah Thomas reportedly hosted a workout. Have you heard anything as you're on the ground, or is there anything we can... <laughs> I have not heard, like, how it went. Okay. Uh, I've been reaching out to folks. have not heard anything yet okay. about whether it was successful or unsuccessful. I know uh, the John Wall one, apparently yeah. he wasn't in very good shape, mm-hmm. uh, I was told. Um and, and so uh, I think that, I don't know if that will hurt him or not. Um, and there's uh, uh, Jason's buddy Harry Harry Giles. Oh, yeah, also conducted a workout um, for scouts out here. So, well, I, if I get information about how Isaiah did or whether he wowed him or didn't, yeah. um, I'll let you. I'll let you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the type. This is the, 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 the this is the time where guys have figured out that. With all these scouts here, coaches, GMs, that they can they can showcase their skills in one of these, you know, kind of workout centers or workout areas in Las Vegas and have some of the teams that are interested in them go check them out. So uh I will let you know. But yes, three guys of interest for the Celtics, uh Harry Giles, John Wall, and Isaiah Tom. I don't obviously I don't think I think the door is closed with Isaiah and the Celtics, but I think we're all rooting for Isaiah to get back into the league for one last shot. Right. We'll always root for him, no matter what. I'm 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 always pulling for little fella. Uh, I, I just again his story, uh, even if he doesn't ever play again, should be a damn movie. Uh when you think about just all the things that he literally had to overcome. I mean, the last pick of the damn draft. He needs a 30 for 30. I'll give, I'll give yes, him a 30 for 30. He absolutely does. I mean. The things that he has had to overcome and the fact that, you know, and people forget that he had a great run with the Celtics. And people sometimes forget that the only reason he got serious burn was because Marcus Smart got hurt. 
And he stepped in because Danny, when Danny signed him, Danny Ainge, he was supposed to be an instant offense guy off the bench, give you a nice little spark. And they had no choice but to start him when Marcus went down. And next thing you know, he giving you 25 a game. And y'all winning. And it's like, so he can score and we can win? Yeah. Hey, Marcus, let's talk about your role being a little bit different when you get back. And he just went from there. Two-time All-Star. And, you know, you, you do time, play Fourth quarter, like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do wonder, and, and I know he's played the what-if game a million and one times, what if he never got hurt? That's what the 30 for 30 question. Game? You know how they ask the question? That's the question. See, we're, we're giving them too many ideas. We need to make our own. <laughs> we need to do it ourselves. We were all there. We witnessed yeah, it. Tell your boy, tell your boy to holler at your boy. Let's see if we can get this 30 for 30. Look. I'll reach out to him for sure. <laughs> Let's talk about scaling this media network. Like, yeah. I'll get on that. Something. No, I'm very interested. I, I feel as though there has to be some kind of story told in the future. I just saw a clip of him on Instagram and it, I don't, I don't even, I didn't look at the context of it, but he was talking about his time in Boston, Boston briefly, but he gets really emotional and he, he basically says like, they gave up on me and it's, they did. And it cuts the scene, but in some ways they did. We, we talk about this every week. It's a business. We understand the way the league works, but you can't help but have the emotional attachment. I know fans, at least when it comes to the way that they watch these players and the, the way these players Pour their hearts and souls out for the game that they love, but also for the people that watch them play. So I'm gonna be very interested to see and, and watch one how this goes out, um, this plays out, but just overall how he's his career. I'm and, hope I'm hoping he gets another shot. I, I wouldn't be so shocked too. to see him on an NBA roster. I wouldn't be shocked to see him on someone like the Lakers, yeah. for example. And they they loaded up this year. They got they've got some decent players, but wouldn't be surprised to see him somewhere like that. Um, so. Okay, as we final former Celtic, we're going to talk about on this episode, unless we get into more war, deep down into more wormholes. Marcus Smart, his introductory press conference in Memphis, his hair was still green. <laughs> that was actually the first thing that was asked before the the press conference even asked, because in the video it kind of looks a little bluish, but it was definitely still green. Mm-hmm. But it was weird watching that press conference, the way that he talked about. Boston already in the past tense. And I think it was weird for him too, because you could tell he was kind of like thinking as he spoke. But also the the saying of we now that he's in Memphis and acknowledging he is part of the organization, accepting that he is going to be a role model for John Morant. I I'm assuming you both saw the press conference. And if so, what did you think? I'm sad still. Yeah. I, I mean, it's gonna take me a minute to just kind of Weird. I've accepted the fact that he's gone. I get that. But having known him from the day he got here, from like trips up to Maine where he's doing camps and, yeah. and all the stuff that he did for the community in Boston, and mm-hmm. it's it's a lot to process and digest. And I know that Marcus, I, I know this without question, this has been a difficult transition for him because Marcus is one of those players that at the end of the night, there have been very few nights where you didn't feel that everything he had was left out on that floor. Uh, and I don't know if that sentiment is one that you would consistently say by anyone else on this team. Uh, that doesn't say that they don't do it, but Marcus, you felt it. Uh, you felt it consistently. Uh, and Memphis is getting that player. You better believe Marcus is going to come in with an edge. 
And don't be surprised if Marcus does what most former Celtics do when they play Boston and have one of the best games of his life. Their lives, yeah. Would anyone be shocked if Marcus had like a 28, 12, and 10 game against the Celtics and they win by three? Now that it's summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for sunny, active days. Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track in reaching all your summertime goals. They offer delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, from Kato to Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and Protein Plus. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitian, each meal has all of the ingredients you'll need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals each week. Choose from 34 plus chef prepared dietitian approved weekly options featuring premium ingredients such as broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. If you're going to go the smoothie route, I strongly recommend you go with the tropical fruit or the mango. Want to budget this month by cutting back on takeout? Get Factor Meals instead. Not only is Factor Meals cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery. In just two minutes! Head to factormeals.com slash alist50 and use code alist50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code alist50 at factormeals.com slash alist50 to get 50% off your first box. Shoot, and it only take like six shots to do it? Shoot the rest of the time on a free throw line? Come on. It's going to happen. <laughs> another, another point from that press conference, though, that stood out, him and Jaron Jackson Jr., the old, the last two defensive players of the year, now being on the same team, it never happened in the history of the game. That's a little scary, especially when they were talking about the fact that Memphis didn't really take that many charges over the last few seasons. And Coach Met basically said, like, if Marcus has a drill and he's willing to lead by example – then we'll throw him in to lead it. And I'm like, we're going to have a bunch of <laughs> defensive players. I'm telling you. And the, I'm, scared. Be, I'm kind of scared for the West. <laughs> it's going to be Tony Allen's team 2.0. Fact. That's, that's how they – and, and the fact that Ja is out, they're going to win even more so on what they do defensively because of that. And Memphis, I'm telling you – listen, I, I, I've said this and I'm going to keep saying it. Memphis is a team that I would be worried about if I were in the Western Conference mm. because they are going to get one of the most dynamic players back in John Morant, you know, more about a quarter of the way through the season. But leading up to that, they're going to try to beat the snot out of you because they know that's the best pathway for them to be successful. They're going to be physical. They're going to grab. They're going to pull. They're going to poke. They're going to punch. They're going to do all that stuff. And Marcus Smart, He's finally in his element. I mean, the way they're going to play and follow his lead, for heaven, for young fella, young game changer. <laughs> he has found his nirvana. <laughs> I can't be mad for him. I'm, 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 and that, for me, I'm, of all the teams he could have played for, he's in the absolute best situation for what he needs right now to just get that little that rejuvenation that I think he was, he was lacking in Boston. Yeah, I think he's um, getting more into being with the Memphis Grizzlies. 
And I think he's still saddened by the trade. I think a lot of us are um, in terms of just his attachment, his emotional attachment to Boston and the fact that he spent nine years here and did so much in the community and became such a fan favorite for many of us. I know some people are glad that he's gone, but um, I think for most of us, uh, we're all going to miss him just like we're going to miss Grant Williams. Um, I just think Marcus is getting more into being – because it was pretty obvious how much Memphis wanted him. I think that's what I got out of the press conference. Like, they were ecstatic that he's there. Like, they are giddy, happy. They got a grinder. They got a grinder for the grindhouse. They got a guy who's a dog. And they got a guy who is had his bouts with some things in terms of his, his emotions, but he's always going to play hard. And he ain't going to do no stupid stuff on the floor. And, he, you know, I think they were kind of – they kind of put that role – on uh, of being kind of like one of their emotional leaders on Dylan Brooks, and that ended up not working out, and they they kind of pushed him out and didn't want any part of him anymore because of you know poking the bear with LeBron and just some of the things. That he, and, and offensively, he just wasn't very good, right? He just was a b- bad player offensively. So I think you replace uh, them with Smart with Brooks, a better. Not a great offensive player, but a better, adequate, sometimes good offensive player and a very good, even better defender. And I think they're really excited. So that's what I took from the press conference. That You know, Marcus is still trying to figure some things out, like what happened? Where do I live? You know, do I bring my foundation down there? What are my teammates going to be like? All the above, which is understandable when you get traded for the first time. But I think he'll eventually grow to liking Memphis and they'll grow to love him if they don't already. So I think it's going to be a good move for both sides. But you can kind of see the transition slowly going with Marcus kind of understanding it's over in Boston and understanding it's a new team, a new opportunity, Uh a new conference for him uh, to flourish uh, with this chance now. And, you know, I think he's looking forward to it. Yeah, Taylor Jenkins was like cheesing from ear to ear that entire presser. And you could tell he was really excited to coach him. So hopefully it works out and it is a good relationship for him and a good next step. Anything else you two want to talk about? We've talked about everything related to Celtics. It is summer, so that's a little slow, <laughs> relatively. No, we, we could talk about Corny's uh, summertime attire here. You like just wanted to enter the Olympics. What are the Olympics? I can't. That looks, that's a certain country. I ain't going to say which country, but that's a certain country that looks like Corny represents. <laughs> and I know it. Look like you running for Jamaica. Nigeria or all? I was going to say, Gary. It was, either, either, <laughs> it was either that or Nigeria. I was like, in, in lane three. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Jamaicans. I don't think I'll ever run that fast, but shout out to (laughs) all my favorites. (laughs) Quanny, like she ready to do a 400 400 right now. No, you do look like you're ready. Got the nails? Gary, you see the nails? You see (laughs) that? Like mini flow, Joe? I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Well, since you're done roasting me, that's a wrap on this week's epi- episode of the A-List Podcast for Ashron Blakely and Gary Washburn. I'm Kwani Lunas. Tune in next week. See what we talk about. <laughs> Network is powered by FanDuel. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. 
and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. 